G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Who is one of Australia's best-known photographers ever and certainly Australia's best-known landscape photographer. And there's a new twist in his career. Amazing photos of the most spectacular landscapes has made him almost a household name. And now Ken Duncan has released a new book, but it's not majestic landscapes alone that are in the spotlight, but some of the rarest and fiercest animals on the planet. It's a new direction for Ken Duncan, who'll win some new fans in Animal Lovers with his first wildlife book. Ken Duncan has produced over 60 individual book titles and sold over 2.5 million copies of his books worldwide. Well, this is launch week for his latest book, Walking in the Wild, with a new exhibition at his Central Coast Gallery happening this week on the 14th. Now, what you may not know about Ken Duncan is his work behind the scenes, passionate as a Christian, with a passion for working in Aboriginal communities, and with his plan to build a landmark cross on Hast's Bluff in the Northern Territory. Want to make a special welcome along to 2020 to Ken Duncan. Hi, Ken. Hi, mate. Lovely to be with you. <laughs> Ken, this is a new direction for you, wildlife photography. But uh, you say this is not necessarily something new. You've actually been doing this, and this book's been in the making for something like 15 years. Give us an, an insight here into inspiration behind taking wildlife photos. Well, I've been fascinated about all God's creation. <laughs> yep. And wildlife is definitely a part of that. <laughs> and um, so I've been shooting a lot of wildlife, but using high-end cameras, very large format, which is a lot more tricky than your normal cameras. And um, so I've been shooting for a long time for my galleries for limited edition prints. And people have been hassling me, <clears throat> excuse me, all the time to say, Ken, when are you going to put out a book? And um, my wife, joined the chorus and you know when your wife joins the chorus you know you're in trouble and so she said Ken people want this book you need to get it out there so we'd already planned it just before COVID hit but um, actually we decided to go ahead anyhow and it was funny because a lot of people said you're crazy you know why would you do a book now the world's ending or you know that was their opinion or there's all this stuff going to happen I said listen with this COVID thing going on, there's never a more important time for people to be reminded that there's a God and there's something bigger than us. And I said, so we're going to go and do the book. And um, so we, uh, I went ahead and I spent months actually on safari, really, if, at home, sitting going through all the shots I've shot over many years. And I, I had such an adventure and I was just reminded how amazing God is. So, you know, while everybody's, Worrying, I'm just sitting there on this safari with, with God, finding these images. And so, you know, we've gone ahead, we've done the book, and it's been hugely received so well. People just loving it because it's, we've just got it. And it's just been great how God's blessed us every step of the way, even the way the book 
got here on time because it had to be printed in China because that's the only place we could print it because prices here were so ridiculous. But um, so it's happened now. So it's out there for people to enjoy. Now, when you lead workshops on photography, you are not backward at all in coming forward with a sort of creation perspective, whether it's a landscape photo and now, no doubt, all the more with wildlife photos as well. This whole idea of God as the creator, of uh, the master, uh, uh, one who has designed a magnificent universe, a magnificent landscape, uh, this has been a part of the way you've presented your photography workshops now for many years. Look, I'm an average photographer with a great God, and it's not false humility. It's just that, you know, I just love being in his creation. And when you can humble yourself, you begin to see it for what it is. I mean, really, how can anyone not believe there's a creator when you look at the beautiful creation around us? Because, you know, if we think we're in control, we're kidding. We're on a planet travelling at 108,000 kilometres per hour, hurtling through space, and really... You think you're in control, you know. So, I I don't. One thing I don't want to do is get religious on people. Like I definitely believe in a creator. And look, whether people believe in God or not, He believes in them, you know. And I, I'm not. I believe people really need to have their own encounter with God. Like often as Christians, we can be so busy trying to tell people what they should do. Really, our only calling is to love them, just to love them and be there. You know, and maybe then people will see something desirable in you. You know, the trouble is sometimes Christians can get so religious that they turn people off, you know, like, and we don't need to do that. God is real. If people can just open their eyes, their hearts to him, he will show them how real he can be. And that's why I love hanging out with Aboriginals too because they really believe in the Holy Spirit. They really believe in the moving of the Spirit. And, you know, often... We, we get in the way. We, we want to get into the arguments of our Christianity. That does nothing to further, you know, connecting people to God. So for me, I just love to shoot the beauty of creation, bring it back, and and people, you know, it does something to them, you know. Uh, I'm amazed too. Isn't it interesting if you contrast this? A lot of people will think, well, uh, who do you imagine has amazing in, uh, images of wildlife? And uh, people will say, oh, David Attenborough. Uh, but when you watch a David Attenborough documentary, it's all about the naturalism, the evolutionary process that caused these things to happen. So uh, honour to you when you come out with a fabulous, beautiful book the way that you've done with wildlife photography and and, uh, and for listeners to hear, uh, when you look at these photos, you'll be able to sense the presence of the creator. It's a different way of looking at things and uh, I like your way, Ken. Oh, well, look. Look, David Attenborough is an amazing man, you know, and I know someone who knows him very well, a good mate of mine. And, you know, I think that David, in time, I think he's getting to the point where he's starting to believe there is something bigger because, you know, you cannot look at creation and all its complexities without at some stage acknowledging there must be some design behind all this. And, you know, the the hardest part with people is we harden our hearts. We... We just harden it, you know, this is it. And this is the same with photography, you know, like tech heads, you know, they get so technical about everything that they actually miss the moment. They're not sensitive. They're not able to sense things in the spirit. And Christianity, you know, is 
it's a spiritual journey. It's not just some hedonistic arguments thing. It's about when people have a, a real encounter with God, you don't have to explain anything. And that's why out there when I'm working with the Aboriginals, we see the supernatural, and that's what the unbelieving world need to see, not just get preached at or just get uh, given, you know, if you you don't believe you're going to hell routine, you know, they just need to see the love and the connection in the people, you know. So, you know, I, I just love being out in God's creation and, you know, when I take people out, they see the reality of my walk with God, you know, and, and I'm definitely not a perfect subject. I'm what I consider God's grace test pilot. So if I can make it, anyone can make it. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I love your comment, an average photographer with a great God. And I know I've asked you this before in a conversation about, hey, how do we get really practical here and come up with some tips for taking photos? And I love the way you can connect this idea of sensing things in the spirit, as you say, because is there a connection here between sensing things in the spirit and your capacity to take a good photo? Give us a little connecting point here that we might pick up a few photography hints from. Well, you know, if you really want to be creative, I believe get to know the creator. And the thing is that it's just getting rid of what you think you should be doing. You know, often we go with expectations we're going wildlife shooting, I'm there to get a line doing this or whatever. But you've got to sometimes, first of all, just relax, just get at peace. And there's a lot of these photo tips in this book, which I think people will love. But an example was one day I was in a car with some other photographers and some of them were a bit stressed out because they were expecting to do this and they had all these expectations and you know, even getting in the car, everybody was jockeying for the best position, you know, and all this sort of stuff. And um, I determined, look, I didn't really care where I sat, I'll be okay, uh, you know, we, and we don't have lots of people in the vehicle anyhow, so it was good. But uh, we're going along and we weren't really seeing anything fantastic, you know, like it was, it was, it was beautiful to be out there, beautiful day. But the expectations of these people with me, was starting to, you know, like, well, you know, it doesn't seem to be happening at all, you know, and, you know, and anyhow, this guy who I was with, he was a lovely guy, and I was in the front with this guy, and he said, you know, what I've learned over the years, the two greatest things you need for their photographing wildlife is patience and love. And I went, okay, I get the patience one, but what Where do you mean love? by, yep. what do you mean the love? <laughs> and he, you know, he said, well, you've got to love the fact that you're alive. You've got to love the fact that here we are in the middle of Africa driving around and anything could happen. And then you've got to have a love and respect for everything around you and those that you're sharing the journey with. And when you get to that point, then the wildlife will come to you. And I just thought, man, this is like God talking through this guy. And, I mean, I just thought, and I realised that I'd allowed all this stress of these other people to get on me because I wanted them to see good things and all this sort of stuff. And I thought, you know what? I'm not going to get in that. I'm just going to get back to my God. I'm in love with this journey. You know, I'm on a love journey, and I determined nothing was going to, uh, you know, nothing was going to get me off that and just be open. I said, God, whatever you want, it's up to you, and I'm just going to sit here and enjoy the journey. And all of a sudden we see this leopard, and it's not just a leopard, 
but it's a blue-eyed leopard. And he, he comes up, and it just happens that I am seated in a perfect spot to shoot this thing, and it was all just so, you know, like, <laughs> and as soon as, you know, and then the other guys, they sort of got in on it and they started to jockey positions. But for me, that's what it's all about, you know, just letting go and letting God. And he's done that so many times with me, you know, where if you lose your peace, you lose your presence. And, you know, there's nothing worse than losing your presence with God. So, you know, the key is when you're losing your peace, just look at yourself and think you're thinking ahead of yourself or behind yourself, you know. So if you're anxious, you're thinking of the part, the future. If you're you know, depressed, you're thinking of the past. So stay in the present. So this is the real key. And, you know, God has just been so great. In fact, one of the funny things is, you know, I told one of my assistants, or well, one of the people I was training, he was technically brilliant, this person, and he asked me about his photos. And I said, look, you're doing fantastically, technically, but the one thing you're lacking is spirit. And he said, what do you mean? I said, well, you're in control. You need to let go and, and sort of say, okay, God, what are you wanting me to shoot? And he said, really? I said, yeah, you just got to just ask God, let him in, you know. Anyhow, I left it at that. So months later, or, or actually a year later, I met up with this guy and his photography had all come to life. And anyhow, he'd gone out taking people on an adventure himself and he was out there and they were, nothing was happening. And anyhow, he decided to share what he considered was one of my photo tips. And he said, and there was this uh, Jewish lady there and uh, she, the light was bad and nothing's happening. And so... This guy said, look, Ken once told me that, you know, what you should do is allow God in on this shoot. And the lady said, listen, I'm Jewish and i got issues with God. <laughs> you know, she wasn't, and, you know, he said, well, you know, we've got nothing to lose, you know. And so, you know, what we should do is ask, ask for some help from God, you know. Anyhow, this lady, finally he convinced her to say something. She goes, well, okay, God, you, you can help. And he said, well, that's not going to cut it. You're going to have to have a bit more gusto than that. And so the next minute she goes, oh, God, please, can you help us with the light? And all of a sudden, man, it just turned on, like, amazingly. And she's like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. Oh my. <laughs> and she was a bit freaked out. And I didn't realise that my friend was telling this as a photo tip. So it, it, when he told me the story, I said, listen, I wasn't trying to just say that God's up there as your personal lighting technician, but, hey, how funny is that event? So I've had so many of those events on my journey now that I don't doubt God. I just love you know, the Holy Spirit is real. It's his presence on earth. It's there all around us. All we need to do is slow down and just be open to it. And if you think you're something special, that will definitely block you. you just got to be open to it. Helping you make sense of life, culture, and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Photographer Ken Duncan is our guest this hour. Talk back line open 1-800-316-316. You can also respond to a Facebook question that I'm asking today. And the question asks, do you think a cross on a bluff in the Northern Territory could become a national tourist icon? Now, when you visit the Vision Facebook page, you can see an artist's impression of what the cross will look like on top of a hill in the Harsts Bluff region. In fact, uh, let's talk about this, Ken, because uh, because my my clarity is not perfect here. Uh, give us a little correction on the sorts of things I've been saying about where the cross is actually going to be. 
Uh, Haas Bluff is the community. It's not the cross is not actually being built on Haas Bluff. Um, that's a spectacular mountain, and uh, it's actually one of the mountains you can see from the top of the mountain where the cross is being built. The cross has been built on a mountain called Memory Mountain, or it's actually called uh, Kukunya, which is the Aboriginal name, and it actually has a Christian heritage uh, where at the base of it there's a monument to the four Indigenous evangelists who spread the gospel through the red, the red centre there, and hundreds of people got baptised down in the creek near this, this particular mountain. And this mountain is the spectacular viewing point where you can see the three highest mountains of Northern Territory, you can see Haas Bluff, you can see Mount Seal, and you can see Mount Sonder. So it's one of the most spectacular views you'll get. And uh, it's their cross. It's one thing, um, I'm out there, we've got a, a, an education centre teaching technology, photography, cinematography, music, and some of the music we're getting is mind-blowing. Uh, this is their music. And because I'm out there, um, they asked me, uh, could I help them with this cross? And it was quite a few of them asked me to help them with this cross because they've had visions about this cross. And so I said, yeah, sure, look, uh, why, why do you want to build a cross? And, and they said, well, we want it as a beacon where people can come and pray. doesn't matter what their faith, their belief, but they, they can come and pray and it brings people together. And uh, we want people to know that Jesus covers our land, uh, that he's our protection and, uh, and I'm thinking, oh, well, that sounds like a great idea. And I said, well, why don't you just build it? It's your land. You can do what you want. And they said, well, it's a bit more involved than that. And I said, oh, well, okay, I'll help. And at the time, I'm thinking 4B2s, a bag of cements or something like that, and that's what we'd be doing. But it just evolved from there. And uh, I, we offered to help, and they, along with engineers, just the way God has supernaturally brought all the different people on this journey and, you know, Lands Council, then I realised the bureaucracy that's surrounding our Aboriginal industry is just crucifying. You know, the reason we have problems and we can't bridge the gap is the gap is the bureaucracy. And they don't want things to change because there's too many people making too much money out of it. And so anyhow, we're not going to go down there. But the thing is, we, in the end, they spent two years coming out and questioning all the Aboriginals to make sure that this was their vision. And in a way... I'm thank thankful they did because no one can ever say that this is not their vision because, you know, they, they wanted to say, you know, I'd talk them into it. I said, listen, why would I talk anyone into building a cross? Like, I've got to help them do this, you know, like I really want to go and build crosses. So anyhow, in the end it was definitely proven and we started. And, you know, it's um, just been miraculous. We now have the funds there. The track is all the way up to the top of the mountain. And the Aboriginals are so excited. They are just so excited because it's their vision. Now, in the end, you're going to have a lot of people coming out there, I believe, and um, but it's going to create economic opportunities. And for me, I want to see, we want to see jobs for the kids and the people. I refuse to see another generation of young kids growing up without hope or opportunities, you know. And so we've been out there for over 15 years now and, and we're committed to stay there. We've got the centre out there and... Um, I think this cross is going to bring tourist opportunities. We're uh, at present, the track's all the way to the top. They're working on the foundation in the next couple of weeks. And then um, we'll probably be, we're constructing the cross as we speak. That's all happening now. And praise God, we've got the funding for it to, to happen. Um, now, though, we're still looking to get more funding to try and help 
having our educators out there because for us, sure, we're going to have the cross and everything going, but we want to also start working on preparing uh, some guides so that people can come out and spend time with the Aboriginals and learn of their culture, go and do bush tucker tours, go and do photography tours or whatever they want to, you know, to do with the Aboriginals. But the whole aim is not just the cross, is to create economic opportunities. And we really believe that if we get it right in this community, then it's something that can be working in other communities as well. Because, you know, bridging a gap, how you bridge a gap is you go and meet together. That's how you bridge the gap. You find out what the people want and you walk a while together. And that's the foundation. It's called walkawhile.org.au. And it's so exciting. So it's it's happening and then there'll be a big celebration towards the end of next year um, because the cross will be going up, I think, in uh, uh, April, May when it cools down a bit. <laughs> okay, so April, May next year, the cross will go up. Hey, I'm asking listeners today, do you think a cross on a Northern Territory bluff could become a national tourist icon? And there's been a response or two here, and I'll get your thoughts, Ken. Uh, Ian says, it would be better than a wind turbine. And Kate <laughs> says, a cross anywhere is a great icon. So yes, uh, certainly a wind turbine is considered to be an ugly blight on a landscape. Amen. And I'm not sure yeah. how many people think that they're wonderful. Uh, but uh, but the idea of a cross, an icon, is a great, it's a great icon anywhere. What are your thoughts for that, for a cross? Well, as far as, to me, it's not really what I think. It's not really what anyone else thinks. It's what they think. And, you know, this is not just a cross that's going up willy-nilly. There's a strategy behind this. They, they are, There's revival happening with our Aboriginal people out there. And, you know, in the midst of this poverty and, and the corruption that's going on, God is moving. And they're, they're doing this thing called sing-along. And when you hear some of the music we're recording out there, it is mind-snapping. And we're looking at working with Sonny and different people like that. We've found so much talent out there. And, you know, the, and this is where we're trying to create real jobs because Indigenous people are natural storytellers, you know. So the cross is definitely their vision. And, you know, it saddens me. You said I, I did take Mel out there because Mel was wanting a break uh, from when he was doing Hacksaw Ridge and, and his, girlfriend at the, his girlfriend or his partner uh, wanted to come out too and we went out there and it was just we had such an amazing time because we went up on the mountain and we sat up on the top of the mountain and this huge eagle, the biggest eagle I've ever seen, just sat and hovered above us about 30, uh, 30 foot above our heads and it was just like sat in this wind turbulence and just sat there and we're like, whoa, this is pretty cool. Anyhow, while this is all happening, someone had found out that he was out there and the media uh, with ABC had put out this story that Mel Gibson and Ken Duncan are out building a cross for the sequel of the Passion of the Christ movie. And, you know, so we're having this amazing, relaxing time and the Aboriginals, they don't care who Mel is. They just said, hey, Bad Max, how are you going there, mate? You know? Yep. So they, he loved the fact that no one, can, you know, worried about who he was and, he felt so relaxed and safe there and, you know, and um, he went and did the witchetty grubs in the kangaroo doll and they, he had such a good time with the people. Ken, uh, we'll talk some more about uh, all sorts of good things, including we'll pick up on some more of uh, that discussion about Mel Gibson, 
and his visit uh, to see the site where the new cross is going to go. Uh, but let's take a call quickly before we, uh, we've got someone waiting on uh, patiently. Uh, Union Jack in Sunbury in Victoria. Jack, welcome. Actually, this is uh, Neil, Jack's uh, housemate. Oh, um, Neil Hawthorne, I'm a friend that met Jack, uh, Ken Duncan a few times. And thank you for the book I got it in the mail the other day. Oh, thanks. The uh, Walking with the Wild. Okay, all, all right. right. So you're a recipient of the book. Let me just get your impression then, Neil. Ah, oh, it's magnificent. From the, the casing and the cover, and I've, I've looked through the pictures carefully, and um, I'll, then later I'll go through reading it all the uh, script. But uh, it's a wonderful book. Anybody who gets their hands on it are a lucky person. Oh, uh, thank you. Uh, Ken, you actually had some uh, some special edition, collector's editions that uh, have gone out. Are, are they all extinguished now? Yeah, look, people had to get those. They're, they're, they're all gone. They just went like hotcakes. Um, but the, the, the new editions that's come out for the trade is, is the same quality, um, but it just doesn't come with this special slipcase. Okay. Well, Neil, thank you so much for your call. Our talkback yeah. line open on 1-800-316-316. Hey, Ken, let's come back to uh, just you were about to share some more thoughts on Mel Gibson's visit to the Hearst's Bluff community. And uh, listeners will know that uh, being the man behind the passion of the Christ, Mel Gibson himself has a very deep Christian spirituality. And you and he, uh, I think you went to school together and uh, you've been friends a long time. Uh, you were telling the story of uh, just an, a magnificent experience with an eagle. But uh, but uh, Mel Gibson certainly does draw attention to a project uh, if he's there. Yeah, look, it wasn't the intention. Uh, the thing is the media got a hold of the fact while we're out there and we didn't even know about it. We so Mel had the most amazing time in his life out there. We all ha all had uh, with the people. And uh, we went back. I dropped him at the airport. And then all of a sudden my phone was going crazy. And uh, there's been a story made up by ABC or something that Mel Gibson and Ken Duncan are out in the Red Centre. They're building a cross for the sequel of the Passion of the Christ movie. <laughs> what the heck? You know, there's no truth at all in this at all. And um, anyhow, so I just had to talk to the media and I remember talking to Ben Fordham. He was really interested. A lot of people were interested and I said, Ben, what is wrong with people? I took a mate out there to get a break away from a movie because he wanted to see what was happening. You know, that's what it was all about. Mel's not building a cross or I'm not building a cross. It's the Aboriginals. I said, what is wrong with people? Can't they believe that Aboriginals have a vision uh, they want to do things themselves. Why do you have to try and attribute this to somebody else? Why do people have to do this? And and Ben was really great. He said, "Yeah, that's right. That is pretty low, isn't it?" He says, "Well, Ken, when you when you want to tell anybody anything more, let me know because you know I think it's great." So he was great, but it was just you know. So that's why we've kept everything undercover. Really, we've just kept on with the job because. You know, it's okay to build a Buddha in Australia. It's okay to build some Hindu thing down in South Australia. But as soon as you try to build a cross, all of a sudden people want to come at you. Now, maybe that's because they understand the power that the cross has compared to all the other things, you know. So, but it's their cross and I'm just, they're so excited because we're getting very close. And it's not just some little cross. It's 20 metres high. At night it'll light up because it's solar powered. And it'll be just floating in space, you know. And so, 
And then when it's finished, there's going to be a celebration and the Aboriginals will be coming from far and wide because it's not just about them. This is about something's happening with the Indigenous people. I believe revival is coming through the Indigenous people because they understand about moving in the spirit. And, you know, we need to get alongside and support them, you know, because I think there's a Holy Spirit revival that's going to impact this nation so greatly, you know, and it's not just this nation. It's going to go out from this nation into the rest of the world. And I think this cross has got some little part to play in that. Let's talk some more about the revival. But just to mention for listeners, there is a Facebook post today, our 2020 Facebook post, asking, do you think a cross on a Northern Territory bluff could become a national tourist icon? And as you can hear, it's going to be spectacular. It's going to be solar power. It's going to be lit at night. It's going to be the sort of thing that will become a significant uh, 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 you know, it's a significant place that people will want to get photographs. It'll become a tourist attraction. People potentially from all over the world will come to see a cross, and we might think it's in the middle of nowhere, but of course it's not the middle of nowhere. It's in the middle of wonderful Aboriginal communities in Central Australia. And these are communities that you're describing, Ken, as in a state of Christian revival right now. Give us some impression as to the sorts of things that are happening in Aboriginal communities, not only in Hearst's Bluff region, but uh, but around that area. Look, there's a phenomenon called sing-along, and it's their own thing where they're singing songs to Jesus. And they've been doing this for a long time. And so, you know, most people don't even know about it. But when you hear real sing-along and when that cross celebration goes on, they're going to be coming to sing. And so, you know, it's very hard to explain this. We've been recording some of this music. I sent one of the songs to Sonny and they're just blown away because it's something just totally different. And it's in language often and English. And so it's, it's for me to explain it. I couldn't do it justice, but, you know, God is moving. And in the midst of this, there's so many problems going on out there, you know, right now there was a man who was shot, a young Aboriginal guy who was shot, you know, which I'm sure people have heard about. Um, And it's a sad thing, but, you know, we need to bring hope for the young generation out there because, you know, the government spent $550 million on a Royal Commission into deaths in custody, or not deaths in custody, but why there were so many Indigenous people in, in custody, in youth detention centres. And, you know, at the end of that, all that money, nothing has changed. And the thing is, if they'd just given us money or something like that, we could have maybe cured the whole thing. Because the basic, base, basic problem is there's, they're isolated, they've got nothing to do, And kids, if they've got nothing to do, they don't have access to the technology that we take for granted. And so the thing is that this is what we're doing out there. The cross will create jobs. It will create tourism opportunities. They'll be able to share their country with people. You'll be able to come out there with them. The music, you know, we're going to have a big concert out there so people will start to hear this music. We're already signing up some of the artists we've discovered so people will start to hear this music or sing along, you know, so it's, and, you know, Ray Martin's joined our board on Walk a While lately because, you know, he uh, knows so much about reconciliation. I believe the work we're doing out there is a way of seeing reconciliation, but not just reconciliation. It's about bridging that gap. To bridge a gap, it means people need to come together, and this is what we're doing. And it's not about whether you're Christian or anything. 
everyone's welcome out on that uh, at that cross. It doesn't matter what their beliefs, their sexuality, whatever. But it's a powerful thing, you know, that's happening out there. And so for me right now, I'm just excited that uh, with this far, and I'd just like to thank so many people who've just said they want to be part of the vision. One of our biggest things now is we're trying to raise, raise some more money so that we can have these educators out there to to help work and uh, we've had them out there up to date but we're raising money now to have them there for another year because this is so important to you know to, to teach them whatever skills they want so they're we're, they're doing learning recording music we'll see where mel will be helpful he he'll come out and help us do some movie teach them how to do movies and things like that and so these are all going to create jobs so but at the same time, in the midst of this, God is doing something, you know, and so it's happening in the heart of our nation. And wonderful when you can get together with, uh, we'll call them famous friends, and bring attention to a community like that. And and as you're describing it, uh, what a wonderful thing that's happening there, revival in Aboriginal communities. And, and uh, there might be some ways that listeners can support uh, the sing-along recording that no doubt is just ahead. Hey, let's take some calls. Shelby's on the line from Brisbane. Hi, Shelby. Welcome. Hello, Neil. How you going, buddy? And Doing nice well. To hear, um, nice to hear Ken and the, the history. You know, um, I was up in Northern Territory um, uh, for about three years as an area manager, and I was so struck by the indigenous Christians that were up there, and this one lady really, uh, really rocked me in the sense that she said, oh, well, you know, um, we were part of the, the scripture as it says that the nations were, uh, peoples were scattered. And she said, we were part of that. And she was just so proud of the fact that they were Christians for such a long time. Um, and, and, you know, she was, you know, in part of the family of this. And, um, you know, it was just incredible to believe, to, to, to see her with her Christian faith and her friends um, and, and, and this belief of um, they were part and they're in the Bible. <laughs> Fabulous stuff, Shelby. And, uh, and I no doubt you've heard all of this before too, Ken. As, uh, as Shelby says, there's a real connection in Aboriginal communities with the things of God. And I've had conversations before on this program about connections between the Dreamtime stories and the Genesis account of God's creation. Uh, there's tremendous connections here, and I suspect that's one of the reasons why Aboriginal communities really do thrive in the presence and power of God when they come to Christianity. Yeah. Look, <clears throat> it's a big thing that's going on out there, but where are the Christians? You know, we need to be, you know, you know we need to be a part of this. We need to, you know, like... One of the things that I really think is important, what is God wanting to do? One of the biggest shames in our nation right now is the state of Indigenous in remote communities. And, you know, we need to start walking a while with them. You know, we're so busy building churches and all this sort of stuff. I mean, that's all great stuff. But, you know, what's God's will for the nation? Now, I believe God's got revival planned for Australia. It's happening. And you know what? We need to... Say, God, what is your strategy for this nation? And I believe part of God's strategy is a revival through the indigenous people, with us walking with them, Christians from all denominations coming together. See, this cross is not about a denomination. It's about people coming together. And it doesn't matter who they are, what they are, when they come up there, there's one thing they won't be able to change. That's the fact that there's this beautiful cross there. 
And it's not that you're going to be worshipping a cross. It's what that cross represents, Jesus. And there's power in the name of Jesus. Well, Shelby, thank you so much for your call. Let's take another call. Julie is in Queensland. Hi, Julie. Welcome. Oh, hello, Neil. Hello, Ken. Look, I was um, so pleased earlier to hear you talking about asking for the Lord's help to get the, you know, to get the, not just for a lighting technician, but last winter when I was able to go out and walk a little ways and take a few photos just with a little dodgy prepaid mobile phone. Oh, it was just so wonderful to have to do and to have the Lord's presence and to appreciate the beauty of creation Mm. and, Mm. you know, the beauty of the river and the trees and the reflection Mm. and the birds. And it it was so good to hear you talking about that and... um, there's lots of things well, we take for you. granted, aren't there? Your thoughts for Julie, Ken? Well, out there, it's when you go up on top of that mountain, it's one of the most spectacular views in the whole of Australia. And, you know, like if you're not sure what to pray for, you don't have to pray for anything. You just look around you and go, oh, my gosh, Lord, you're so good. And so, you know, and it's so still there. When you go out there, one of the things that's so amazing is, the only noises that you'll hear are the natural noises. It's just so quiet. And the, and this is what people need. You know, Jesus used to retreat to the high places, even in the height of busyness or, you know, after feeding thousands, he would retreat to the high places. And we all need to do that. Even a lot of our pastors and people like that, people in power, they need to sometimes get away and get up to a place like a mountain and just sit there and look around them and realize there's a bigger picture. So that's what nature does to us. But unfortunately, sometimes we're just so busy, we just are on a treadmill. So hopefully this will be a place where people will be able to get off the treadmill and just feel the presence. Julie, thank you so much for your call. 1-800-316-316. There's still some time to join in our conversation today. For listeners who are inspired by what they're hearing today, and for some listeners hearing this the very first time, uh, the idea of a huge cross being erected on top of Memory Mountain, and it's not its not on the beaten track, it's off the beaten track. Mm-hmm. Uh, but how do people, uh, what, what can we say for listeners today, Ken, about how they might be able to become involved in this? Because uh, is it just churches or denominations that you need support from? Or is it uh, individual no. Christians uh, from all over the country who can be a part of what's happening there in Hearst's Bluff? Look, at a present, it's just been people who found out about it and uh, they've just felt God's spoken to them about it and uh, they've just come. And so, it's, you know, there have been some churches that have been involved, but it's a chance for us to all get involved in some way. You know, like in one thing, um, we didn't want money from Mel with the cross because we never wanted this cross to be known as somebody's cross. It's their cross, and it's a chance for all people to be involved. And now, you know, it would be great to have Mel's involvement in the movies, parts, and the training, but this is about the people coming together to put this thing up. So if they want to know more, go to walkawhile.org.au. Now, walk a while comes from an Aboriginal concept. If you really want to know me, you need to be prepared to walk a while with me. Now, if you're prepared to walk a while with Indigenous people, they will blow you away. You know, they really, they're just amazing. And look, 
we've had intercessory groups go out there and there have been beautiful groups of people and they've felt they're going to be out there to, to really help them. And they have just there's been out there as a great encouragement to the Aboriginal people. But they've been the ones who've ended up got more blessed. They've had words of knowledge given to them and just been released from all sorts of things. It's just been like, and look, whenever I take anybody out there, I'm not out there to apostolize or talk. I just say, listen, come on out if you want to. Let's see what happens. Because God is more than able to get people's attention. And, you know, them, and this is what the unbelieving world needs to see. They need to see the moving of the Spirit of God. And he's more than able. We don't have to overwhelm people with words because, you know, when a person has an encounter with God, they're never going to, you know, that's going to rock their socks. <laughs> that's great. Okay, take another call. Marguerite is in Rockhampton in Queensland. Hi, Marguerite. Welcome. How are you? Um, this has been so interesting listening to this um, today. It's beautiful to know that we've got the Spirit of God um, breathing over the face of our beautiful country and now we're going to have a wonderful cross there and um, bring everybody to um, know that there's a creator of this earth who came down to um, give his life for us all. The part that I don't understand is how David Attenborough has been with um, the same sort of being up with nature and seeing all the creative things and knowing that there hasn't been any um, apes come out of the jungle turning into humans or fish coming off the, uh, walking up the beach as humans or anything. And he still, um, he still doesn't believe in God, the creator. Uh, well, I, I'm not sure about that um, because I know someone who knows him very well and he's, starting to get a bit more open towards the fact that there could be a creator. And, you know, the thing is, he's a he's a beautiful man, From uh, and what we need to do is just love him and pray for him, you know, because, you know, God's never, it, it, God's, God works in different ways with all sorts of people, you know. So I, I, I've got a feeling God's already working in David's life already. Wonderful to hear from you, Marguerite. Thank you for your call. Let's take one more call. Jonathan is in Perth in WA. Hi, Jonathan. Welcome. Yeah, hello, Neil. You know that when I arrived there in 2005, I've been working with the Aboriginal people, one with the other with the Christie. So I know they have been affected from the past history. So when I hear such a thing that they want to put at the cross, what is the... Our brother who is helping them, he said, that's their vision, that we are lost. Because when any nation, any tribe recognize the importance of the cross, of Christ uniting us together and want to be part of it, that's one of the greater history that we want to see. So I know through this ministry or the plan, God will heal the heart of the indigenous people and be part of the, the whole nation. You're really uh, honing in on the power of the cross and the potential for transformation that happens. And uh, no doubt, and I'll get your thoughts here, Ken, uh, for Jonathan, uh, this cross uh, in that Hearts Bluff community on Memory Mountain is going to cement something of that spirituality and it's going to put it on display for the whole world to see. Uh, what are your thoughts for Jonathan? Look, um, I... There's been a lot of things spoken about the cross by the people and why they want it there and even the children having visions about um, 
been a ladder going up into heaven where angels are going up and down. And even the guy who's building it, who wouldn't call himself a Christian, but is often, I consider, more Christian than a lot of Christians I've met, yeah. <laughs> he, he said to me he actually put a barbecue down the bottom and he uh, is a very talented man with steel and he cut in the, in the barbecue the words between heaven and earth. And I said, Dave, what are, you, what are you doing, man? He said, well, Ken, you know, I'm, I'm not there yet, but, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm pretty open still and, and I believe that this is going to be a, a connection point between heaven and earth. And I went, oh, gosh, how funny. So, look, who knows? I, um, I, I personally think it's an amazing vision they have and I think it's just a part of our getting our focus not on the, the cross but what it signifies, you know, like, the more I look at politics, the more there's no, you know, I, I don't see the answers there, whether liberal, Labor, Republican, Democratic. There's got to be more. And I just thank God that there is a God and he loves us. And, you know, he's, and I think we need to start focusing on that. As Christians, we need to really start focusing on, okay, God, what is it you're wanting to do? And I believe God's revival's coming. And I want to be part of that, whatever part that is. I want to be. I want to see that coming in. You know, I think God's speaking to a lot of Christians out there. They're all wanting to see what what is God doing, and I think it's happening. So, um, you know, pray. You believe you're meant to be part of this. Come and join in, because you know the key for me is find out what is the Holy Spirit doing in our nation, and then when we're willing to be part of it, then God deals with every other aspect of your life. Like we're so busy doing this. Um, project right now i don't have a lot of time for my other work but you know god told me to do this book and he's blessed it so much and that's been a great blessing to us because i don't have a lot of time to donate to, to dedicate to my photography anymore i more want to see that cross finish for the aboriginal people and see what is going to happen when that thing goes up and all the aboriginals come to celebrate so but God is faithful. If you, you find out God's will and you're willing to turn up all those other things, God will look after supernaturally. And one of the things he said to me when doing this project, both my wife and I had to come to the point where we were prepared to put everything on the line to do this. And, and yeah. in life, that's often the thing, you know, like, and even some of my board members, you know, we're all getting very busy. And I said, you know what, busy is good, but if God's calling you to do something, that is far more important. Because busyness is often what the enemy will use to distract you. And you know what? You need to stay pure to the vision. Now, God will look after your provision, but just also the only thing that's going to be eternal is what we do for God. You know, Fabulous. For me. Yep. Yeah. Well, thank you so much to Jonathan for your call. And we have run out of time. Uh, but let's come back to your book just for a moment here as we uh, say to listeners how you can get a hold of Walking in the Wild. Uh, it is launch week this week, and so a wonderful opportunity to be able to get your insights on a yeah. whole lot of different dimensions, Ken, because there's a whole lot of different dimensions other than just uh, taking photos of landscapes oh, yeah. and now of those uh, fabulous wild creatures uh, so uh, there is a virtual launch this friday night how do people get involved with that that's uh, friday night uh, you can tune, you know uh, go, go online our, yep go to our website kenduncan.com and it'll tell you how to do that you can be there and it's a youtube event and it's so what happens is you'll be able to see 
be talking about all the pictures and then you'll be able to ask questions directly and, you know, ask whatever you'd like. Uh, so it would be lovely if you joined us there. But if you're after the book, they should be in all the bookstores uh, by now or they sh they'll be getting there shortly. Or if not, go online and we can get you one there, a signed copy, and we can send it out to you. No worries. And, of course, uh, to find out some more about the cross on Memory Mountain in the Harsts Bluff region, yeah. uh, walkawhile.org.au. Walkawhile.org.au. Yeah. So uh, uh, when you go onto the Facebook page, you might want to respond to the Facebook question we're asking today. Do you think a cross on a, a Northern Territory bluff could become a national tourist icon? Uh, there is on there an artist's impression of what the cross will look like in the Harsts Bluff community on Memory Mountain and uh, at the base is a monument to four evangelists who shared the gospel in the Red Centre. Uh, Ken Duncan too. just wonderful getting your insights, uh, always appreciate an update whether it's some photo techniques we can all learn a few tips for uh, working with Aboriginal communities uh, your relationships with people uh, like uh, the likes of Mel Gibson wonderful to be able to get your insights into these things and exciting to talk about revival in the centre of Australia. Ken, thanks for being with us today on 2020. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, Neil. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 